two people were murdered at the motel last night. But the scene suggests foul play. You got a visitor, Lieutenant. I'm your new deputy. You know about this? Looks like you guys could use the help. Nice suit. Thanks. You look like Pat Boone. What are you going to do? Search 27,000 square miles? Not yet. So no leads, no idea who may have done such a terrible thing. You hear about this armored car robbery? Eyewitnesses placed that hijacked chopper headed into Navajo country. Thought we were talking about a double homicide. We're talking about both. Anna died of cardiac arrest. She was 20 years old. The coroner said that she was scared to death. I promise you, I'll find who did this to her. It's a witness, but she's blind. What'd she have to say? There might have been two men. It's find that money. We cracked this case. Seek of, and ye shall find death, saith the Lord. I saw something last night. Yeah! It was real. Real is in the eye of the beholder. back for another exclusive chat we're welcoming back cord about the actual show that she's actually on we are welcoming back emilio rico <laughs> hello everyone discuss her show dark winds first time we've done it where we had an actual cast member review the show with us <laughs> yeah exciting all right excellent amelia plays one of the main antagonists ada growing thunder mm-hmm. this is based on tony hillerman's uh various uh novels concerning navajo Policeman Lieutenant Joe Leaphorn, played by Longmire Zach McClarnon, and FBI agent turned uh, Navajo cop Jim Chi, played by Kiowa Gordon. And these roles were previously played, respectively, by Wes Studi and Adam Beach in director Chris Iyer's previous adaptation for producer Robert Redford and PBS called. Uh, Sorry, I just had the name in front of me. Uh, it's a very com- complex name. It's, uh, it is, what is it called? It's not Walker's. It is, ah, come on, guys. <laughs> Skinwalker. Uh, oh, Skinwalkers, uh, all right. Uh, yeah, to star in Skinwalkers. And uh, Jim Chi was also previously portrayed in the previous movie version of The Dark Wind by Lou Diamond Phillips as well. And so welcome to the show once again, Amelia. 
Hello. <laughs> nice to be back. Absolutely. So on a completely different day. <laughs> uh, so I swear, I swear. <laughs> so it is set in the 1970s southwest of New Mexico. She and Lee Porm had to put their differences aside to go after the most unusual homicide that leaves a little girl in jeopardy uh, while also training one of their deputies, uh, Bernadette, to watch her back while also uncovering uh, sm dangerous smugglers played by, uh, yeah, dangerous smugglers Hoshki played by Jeremiah Bitsy, uh, better call Saul. And and Guy, played by Ryan DeGay, a military veteran who may or may not be in on the take. After uh, Brink's uh, armored truck is robbed and unleashes a valley of suspects, including used car salesman Devoted Dan, played by the office's Rain Wilson. Will Lee Porm be able to maintain his dignity as a hardened dad? Will he uh, uh, train Chi accordingly? Is Chi loyal to the FBI or is he loyal to the Navajo? Are any of these FBI agents actually to be trusted? Is uh, uh, store salesman Lester under attack by some of these dangerous figures? Let's find out. <laughs> so, Lester. Lester, yep. Played by Jonathan Adams, who you might remember as the original boss on Bones, and he's also like a uh, 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 Homeland Security guy on Twenty Four, who's basically got to make everyone take a fall. <laughs> you know, someone's got to step down. <laughs> so I was really brought back by. Him. I was like, I know, I know that man's face. I oh, and I had just gotten done rewatching Bones, and I'm like, oh yeah, he lives. <laughs> yeah. So. It was developed for TV by Graham Rowland, who created uh, the newest iteration of Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan for Amazon Prime. He has also written for Fringe, Lost, Prison Break, and the American version of Returned. George R.R. R. Martin, like anything post-Game of Thrones, put his name on it. Uh, Robert Redford owned the rights, so he also developed it for TV, owning the rights to Hellerman's work. The Indigenous uh, cast of writers include Erica Trimble, uh, Razelle Benali, mm -hmm. and uh, Maya Rose Ditloff, and Billy Luther, and Anthony uh, Flores. Their work includes numerous web series, documentaries, shorts, and other Navajo themed movies. So, once again, Welcome, Amelia. <laughs> yes, yes. And Erica also, I think, wrote for Reservation Dogs recently and, and directed something oh, over there. So from the second season. So she's been, yeah, she's are been doing correct. a great job. She's the executive story editor. Yeah. <laughs> small world. Yeah, the, the, I told you. <laughs> it's a very small yeah. world. Um, and Razelle has done some amazing work also um, for the Sundance um festival uh they they have a indigenous uh kind of 
you know section of the Sundance and oh, uh, that's where a lot of a lot of people have met including to, um, Taiki Watiti and and Sterling Harjo who are the uh, creators of, yep. of Reservation Dogs so it's brought a lot of people together <laughs> a lot of very amazing talent Taika together. started off doing cold stuff like you know Flight of the Concords then you know he does all these other New Zealand uh, you know uh, type character studies and now yeah here he is in america doing all these other just quirky comedies but embracing all different kinds of cultural just kind of yeah he's been yeah he's definitely been an amazing um uh kind of creator just out there lifting other other indigenous um creators up and and he's he's been great definitely absolutely chris Iyer the director and producer of the previous Tony Hillerman PBS adaptations, Skinwalkers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, directs with Sanford Bookstiver, who you might know from his work on White Collar, House, the Marvel Netflix shows, uh, the various Dick Wolf Chicago shows, and uh, also uh, uh, the newest iteration of Dexter. Uh, fills in for two episodes as well so it is a bunch a batch of talents it's a bunch of people who've been here for a while but underused yeah, it's it's got something for everybody um what were uh so over the you, you you did when you were last on here uh speak about how some of the the scripting you know it wasn't as clear but you know like any actor you just want to get the role and then you know do your part once you get it um when you finally got yeah. it what were some of your thoughts, you know, just even on that day? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you kind of just have to um, read through the script hundreds of times and like really just kind of study it to figure out more about as much about your character as you can and just kind of create whatever you can't read off the page. Um, but the the writers did an amazing job of just my character actually wasn't isn't even in the original series like if you uh i think this uh season was based off of the listening woman and one other uh tony hillerman that i, I can't mm. remember the name of but uh but very strongly Blended from the characters. listening woman yeah. and uh and my character is not in um in the listening woman but the whole storyline of the of the young girl um being killed uh and and the older woman the the grandmother being the only one that's a witness but she you know it wasn't able to see what happened because she's blind that whole storyline is in the listening woman mm. um and uh, and and the fact that the the daughter the granddaughter and the other man were killed during a sing all that uh, is part of that same um the that that book um so i read that book i read the whole book and i was like i'm not in here <laughs> I, can't, right. I can't get any information on my character because i'm not in this i'm not really in this um um series or this book at least your character um, added to it because there's been plenty of other times that were people who told me that yeah i mean story. then i start thinking of <laughs> actors like you know like in uh, walking dead what's that actor that he's not in the series either but uh daryl uh, but oh, really? you know, people love oh, Daryl. Right. Yeah. Um, and and um, <clears throat> you know, he wasn't he wasn't originally in the series, but uh, <laughs> they, they created you know a spot for him. So, nice. 
so yeah I, I i joined the ranks of of daryl so that's a not not bad company to have around me right so then i i had to you know create just from the script that i had in front of me i, I wasn't going to be able to look back at the source and figure out anything about my character um but just, just from the, the flow. You know, yeah the the what i read about navajo culture and 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 you know the idea of witchcraft and and all that i started getting a sense of my of my character and um i think it was um uh br luther or uh, billy luther who had who had um written one part which didn't make it quite into the <laughs> into the actual episode um there's a scene and you'll kind of get a hint of it but they cut before it actually happens um there's a there's a scene where i grab hold of um hosky and i kiss him <laughs> i give him a big kiss <laughs> yes <Yeah, smooch>. <clears throat> um but they cut right before I kiss them. They just uh, they just show me grab him. Um, so yeah, I didn't I didn't know. I I think it maybe weakened the characters a bit uh, for for us to be romantically involved like that. But um, but I thought it was funny that he that he wrote that in. Um, but you know you never you never know what's gonna what's gonna stick. You know you you kind of start throwing character um, elements out and and you figure out you know what what's gonna work and what's not gonna work and some things don't work when they, when you once you see them on screen and i guess that's one of those things that didn't work but <laughs> but it was it was fun it was a it fun was worth it you got a free smooch from the actor from bitsweet jeremiah bitsweet so I'll tell you, it's just kind of the first impression. I always kind of go on just like kind of the tone and everything. And I was was like, okay, this looks just as intriguing as kind of, you know, Breaking Bad. Polly Elliott's cinematography is very eye-catching. He's worked on everything from, you know, No Country for Old Men, just Paramount Plus show, interrogation, to all other sorts of TV sh movies, B-pictures, and other big stuff. And uh, it does kind of do a similar kind of Breaking Bad thing, where it's just the visual just like, is actually kind of just telling the story just like enhancing it and building all this uneasiness and sometimes even claustrophobia mm -hmm. yeah it, it is um the the film work on this uh was definitely amazing one of the one of the things i think that gets lost a little bit in in the filming of it all is just the amazing work that is done by the scenic uh, designers, the scenic, not just the scenic designers, yeah. but the set dressers. You do feel like you're in the 70s, and at <clears> the <throat> same time, it's kind of almost just making you feel like not much has changed to today's world almost, if that yeah. makes sense. It's like, yes. this is how we've evolved. This is a timeless kind of telling away. Yeah, the scene, the scenic designers, the, um, sorry, the production designers, what they call them, I'm, I'm, I'm still in theater mode here. Uh, the production designers and <laughs> the, designers. the um, set dressers, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> the, and the set dressers, oh my gosh, the, it's just so amazing to be on these sets um, a lot of the times mm -hmm. because the, the amount of detail that they put on these, I mean, like you're literally in this, like they built that house that that I'm in, my house um, is. I believe it. They built it from scratch. Like it was nothing. Nothing was there. <laughs> and then they built this house, and then mm -hmm. they put they put all the stuff. The first time you see me when I first open the door, the house had just been built. 
but they had not yet put anything on the inside yet. Mm. They, like they had just built the frame, the outside of it, and <laughs> like done all the stuff because they had just had enough time to do all that. And then we had to film the scene where I opened the door. So we had, they had to do some like little camera trickery there so that you don't, so it just goes into a black void and you can't see the inside too much um, so that you can't see that it's completely undone on the inside. <laughs> um, so then they weren't able to film any of the inside scenes until they until they finished, um, you know, building the inside and set dressing the inside. But once they got uh, the all of this work done on the inside and and, set dressed and put everything out there and put that you know mm -hmm. that thing that hangs from the ceiling um the skin or whatever that hangs from the ceiling and all the you know all the jars and you know everything that they have in there it's just amazing i'm like this is my house this is literally a house <laughs> this is my character's it's house a giant house yeah um and it's a it's a really nice i mean it's not a nice house but i mean it's a really nicely built house and um and <laughs> It's got all it, these it like creepy stuff in it. It really does. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the the amount of detail is just amazing. It's amazing. Like I, I and we my don't hats doubt it. Like just when it's just so well staged, because mm -hmm. whenever anyone enters, it's just like I absolutely believe is yeah, because you have because as the headdresser and as the production designer, you don't know what angle the director is gonna want. So they yeah. literally just do 360, <laughs> even if a lot of the times you don't see you know, this room or that room. I mean, they just, every single little corner of it is completely like dressed in in the style that it's supposed to be. Like when I did um, Yellowstone, it's the same. Like they did my whole, the, my daughter's room. They did the hallway, like that whole room, oh, really? the whole, um, <laughs> what do you call it? The trailer that I lived in it was all like everything like if a person lived there you know so it was just amazing the amount of detail like they had an ashtray with cigarette you know <laughs> cigarette butts in it and everything like, like you don't see that on on camera but I mean you don't see that maybe you'll see it in the background who knows but I mean a lot of the times you don't even see that detail but it's amazing to be on set and it really does a lot for the actor because then you get to go in and you know really feel like you're in this space and yeah. and really get into character so it's an amazing job hats off to the production designers on that and um you know when you see it on screen you know with the cinematographers and and the direction and all that everything put together the lights mm -hmm. <clears throat> putting all that together it's just it's an amazing to be able to see it on on screen once it's all everything is Every put together shows, and, get it all and we'll you get the final up. image yeah <laughs> it's beautiful uh so i mean all together uh this show kind of was just slow word of mouth and I just slowly started seeing a lot of people talking about it on social media and it's like okay well they got they got something here I know Hillerman mm -hmm. Zahn was just very dynamite on Longmire you know you just one minute he was douchey the next minute he was you felt for him and you got his prejudice against the white man he'd been wrong so many times and you know you understood why he was such a dickhead to other people on that show but well intended it was just so you were so used to seeing him be so many shades of one character, one complex mm -hmm. figure that you were just like, I'm ready for him. Whatever he's going to be on here this time as yeah. a heroic yet, you know, still troubled persona. This is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, Zan's an amazing character, uh, amazing actor. Uh, he plays so many different characters. I mean, 
even though a lot of the times he's playing a tribal (laughs) cop like he plays like three different tribal cops and they're all so different that he can't be like oh he's playing the same character again it's like well yeah they're all three tribal cops but the tribal cop in reservation dogs is nothing like the tribal cop in you know in dark wind so he just Mm -hmm. gives everyone every character their own light and their own you know characterization and and he just uh, you know puts it out of the park you really just feel for him in all three um and, and you know all three iterations of his tribal cop you know i think he also plays a tribal cop in in um what is that other show that you just mentioned <laughs> oh uh, uh I don't, longmire longmire yes. doesn't he <laughs> uh, yes longmire but um yeah he's also done a lot of the cowboy type roles like on yeah, Again, he was on, you know, on Westworld. Westworld. Yeah, and, and that one he doesn't speak much in Westworld. Mm-hmm. Like the first few episodes that he's in, he doesn't speak. But like, I was on Queen he of the just South, pops out. But... You know, the first time you see him, you're like floored, even though he's not saying anything. Right, he's worked with Jason Momoa on mm-hmm. the Red Road. Oh, yeah, that and, new, uh, new movie, Frontier, with you know the deputy who we see on the show <laughs> and yeah. Raven. And yeah, for for the deputy, everyone's wondering about it's. Uh, once again, it's uh, uh, Je- Jessica Madden. Jessica Madden, yeah. yeah so. uh, but uh, I-, I wasn't on the season he was on uh, Queen of the South, but that was just a brief four-part role. But it's just cool to just see how, like you said, all these people are making a progression. You made a progression. Yeah. Everyone's making a progression. And everything is showing on screen here. And, it, you know, some I don't see how else it could have been visualized, really. I, I really don't. You know, because whether you've gone into Hillerman or not, you know the general gist of it, which is similar to the Longmire author of just showing just culture clashes, just the various distrust. And I like how it goes back and forth. Uh, Just we don't trust these feds, even when they seem genuine. Just there's so much back and forth, just uh, stuff between that and the heist crew. And even when you have the final plot twist, it's not just about the final plot twist. It's about pretty much just this landscape of just you know all these backwards uh societal uh disruptions that have been caused by you know all these wandering bad men (laughs) yeah yeah definitely it was a it was a great um episode to be able to or season to be able to kind of take that storyline of um just greed and power and all Mm -hmm. that you know that we've we've been dealing with and back and forth back and forth yeah at first we're like trust where does the witch come into this where does (laughs) germany yeah then i'm i'm kind of there in the in as sort of a backstory or a side story i think Mm -hmm. um and really kind of just playing foe with um with Hoshi. With Jessica, with uh, uh no i mean like uh against bernadette's oh, yeah, characters yeah, so it's like me like and bernadette um uh kind of pinned up together uh as as the you know good good versus evil mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of idea. it was very well and, delicate <clears throat> it wasn't a sloppy red herring you know <laughs> yeah and then and then i'm sort of integrated into still the main storyline which is hosky and and uh and um Eugene Brayrock, who plays, um, oh God, Eugene's amazing. Um, what is his character's name? I can't remember now. Uh, oh, for Eugene, that's uh, uh, <clears throat> that for, for, 
Frank Frank Frank, Nak- Frank Nakai. Yeah. Frank Nakai, yes. Eugene Braidrock is the actor in man. Scared yeah, he's me. he's amazing. I love Gene. He's um, they give him a cool backstory. There's they keep hinting he's a military veteran and basically yeah. has been brainwashed by Hosky to just be part of this okay. armored robbery. And they're they're really good, you know. Any other lesser movie or show would kind of elongate and probably have Hosky, you know, monologuing before he kills someone, you know, yeah. Joe Pesci style. And then yeah. they, they, they prevent that. It's like you pretty much know is like uh, it, it just the way he just states is like, get out. You know, just like he'll, yeah, he gives you one warning and then often he'll put it. It's interesting seeing how he evolves each episode. He'll put he'll do a few different like character things like he'll put on his shades before he mm. kills someone he'll he'll start disguising himself midway while he's holding someone at gunpoint and <laughs> and again it still takes you a while to put it all together because you're like wait whoa hey so what does this have to do with the car ice oh, oh okay yeah yeah it's a it, it, it kind of unfolds very nicely um <clears throat> and and then we have you know gene brave rock playing like the sort of heart of it all like he's sort of innocently doing that like he's doing bad things but he's doing it to he him did. he feels like he he's doing it for yeah he to, to him he's doing it for his people but then he starts realizing that um you know husky's uh, i mean it's been it for himself really you think uh, it's when husky kills uh you know uh the Navajo <clears throat> kid do you think that's yeah. when he breaks or is it more just towards the end when yeah when he pursued? starts realizing no definitely when he when he kills that um navajo kid that definitely starts to put a chink in in the armor um that he's put up and that he feels you know he he thought this was all going one direction and it was for his people but then he starts seeing that um husky is is just killing you know navajos and he's not really you know he doesn't seem to be in it the way he's in it for to help his people. So um, he starts realizing, oh, maybe I hitched my ride on the wrong wagon here. Right. Um, and and he starts to kind of second guess uh, his his decision to to back him. And then you know, uh, and then he pays the price. You know, possibly at the end, we don't know yet, right? Because <laughs> they yeah, never found he's... his body. <laughs> Dads is true. We, we're just we're unsure. We're no, they never like, found my body either. <laughs> yeah, true. So we don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens next season. We'll see uh, what happens next. So season. he's done a lot of great stunt work. He's yeah, he had both yeah, a guest plays... star role on Hell on Wheels while being a stunt double for one of the leads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was uh he was the chief in uh, Wonder Woman. That's where I remember. Is him that? Most. Did you I'm ever like, see? Oh my god! I told my my husband that I was gonna be in a show with the chief Wonder Woman. He was <laughs> so chief. excited. <laughs> He's like, really? Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, took lots of pictures. <laughs> very nice. He's a, he's a very nice guy. Very cool guy. That is sweet. I always love it when my heroes aren't <laughs> terrible people. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> did you ever see him in the? uh hbo movie uh bury my heart at wounded knee no i haven't that was an interesting drama that out yeah yeah um kudos to all to these villains because like even though you're the tertiary villainous so to speak Mm -hmm. it's it's just cool just seeing how it all interweaves and i would definitely rewatch it um i I, 
yeah, give give me three years for now. I'm I'm gonna rewatch this, you know. And, yeah, you have to like. Um, what's great about these villains is that, um, you know, you really get to know their backstory, and and they're kind of three dimensional villains. You know, they're not just like bad guys for the sake of being bad guys. Like even Hosky has his. You no know, one is singular. His whole backstory, yeah. you know, of of how he you know came to his I way mean, of thinking. They hint at a few things, and you got to be really dialed in. Uh, I love how uh, Emma, uh, Lieutenant Lee Porn's, you know, wife, when he comes home, that they really do a good way of the, with the subtext and the dialogue and just hinting is like, I got to turn the cop side of me off when I come home, you know, and mm-hmm. she's like, I'm not here to just cook you dinner, and we got to get over this tragedy that happened years before the story sh- started, you know. We'll return after these messages. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts, or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast sci-fi horror fantasy superheroes comedy action film television maybe some not so current events find us on itunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com cool thing about blind knowledge is we are in multiple countries we are worldwide all across the globe we are in the u.s we are in the uk we are in canada germany india japan we're in australia y'all blindknowledge.com Now back to the feature presentation. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. Where we lost one of our kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, still not great. over it. And uh, and then there's like even a f- another side to that one. is like, I thought you meant this when, you know, this happened. No, I saw this when that happened. It's like, oh, man, you know, <laughs> yeah. grief is a terrible thing. And it goes in grief so many is. stages until it's just too late. And you got to just, you got to just cry. You got to just let it out. And I love how, you know... We, we've had so many other big, you know, true crime, horror, anthology, and sci-fi fantasy shows this year. And this show is just as strong in that showing, you know, just even just the smallest, quietest moments kind of just, they don't, you don't want to leave your screen. It just really impacts you enough. You're just like, wow. Just, well, what, what a way to just kind of film that and just show the tense unrest emotion in the room. 
Yeah, definitely. Deanna's a great actress. Um, she was she was fun to to hang out with. Um, I got to hang out with her. Uh, I didn't I didn't get to. Um, I saw her maybe one time on on set. I was there. Um, at, I don't know why. I don't know if she was filming that day also, or I don't know. Somehow we crossed paths and we were able to take a photo on set. But I got to really hang out with her at the because um, uh, I don't have a scene with her, but <laughs> I got to hang out with her at the uh, premiere in austin um and yeah we we went to the you know the party that they had for us after the festival or after the um the screening and then uh we had a little after after party in room (laughs) so it was like me kiowa and diana and uh and like a very very um uh, sleepy Desba, like she was like falling asleep in the corner. Poor Desba. <laughs> and then I, I think eventually she snuck out. She was like, I, I can't. I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late for me, you guys. Y'all are God, She's apparently going to be in this upcoming Fox uh, anthology show called. Uh, oh, it's a different version of Accused, based on that. Oh yeah. UK show that had Sean Bean. So. Oh, uh, very lot, cool. A lot of A-listers yeah. attached to that, including Abigail Breslin, Jill Hennessy, Molly Parker, Jack Davenport, Wendell Pierce, Malcolm J. Oh. Warner, Michael Chiklis, Robert Wisdom, mm-hmm. and uh, Rachel Bilson. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, and Margot Martindale, who you might wow. remember from uh, Justified and uh, Walk Hard. <laughs> You're saying Desba is going to be in this? Yeah. <laughs> oh, exciting. I'm gonna look I'm definitely gonna look that up because this yeah. was great. She's she's actually um well I'm I shouldn't say and it's an anthology show, so you just know like whoever you cast, you're gonna get some kind of just gotcha, you know, like Twilight Zone. <laughs> it doesn't matter that it was just one episode. That's something explosive and juicy for your real. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what she what she comes up with. She's great, she's a great actress, she's a lot of fun, a lot of great laughs with her as her. well <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's i didn't have any scenes with her either but actually she was one of the also the other character that i had auditioned for i had previously auditioned for um bernadette which i like i said in the previous podcast i knew yeah. i was gonna get because i wasn't who doesn't the, want to be a deputy <laughs> I, because i wasn't the ingenue type but um but i auditioned anyway and then the second one was um was desma's character uh and and that one i I, I thought, you know, I have a chance because uh, I, my brand, <laughs> one of my brands is a, a desperate mother, <laughs> or a, right. as I call her, the uh, uh, mother in turmoil. So, you know, on Grace Anatomy, I played a woman who was pregnant and, and you know, um, went into labor in the middle of, <laughs> of being there for her grandma, uh, grandfather, who was played by West Studi, by the way, uh, yes. West Studi. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Ooh, and was the original again, original. original yeah, he was originally. <laughs> just and now he's porn. guesting on Reservation Dogs, and I've never. Yes, oh I, my god, he's so well, hilarious. I'm on Reservation like, Dogs. I've never seen this dude do any comedy. Yes, ever. because they don't show Native Joy anywhere, and yeah. I tell you, we're funny. And we're here a funny he's people. Playing like a Navajo hippie <laughs> guy, and you're just like, yeah, he's this so is funny. something else is great. <laughs> He's great. He's great on that. I'm so I'm so happy for him. Um, and uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So I oh yeah. I played the mother in turmoil. Then Yellowstone. I played the mother who lost her her child. Uh, and you know, bringing to light MMIW, which is a very real and very serious uh, awareness uh, for missing and murdered Indigenous women. Yes. Um, I think now they call it MMIR. So missing murdered ah, Indigenous relatives. Still a big so that social we're, topic. We're sure. That... <laughs> 
that um, it's not just women, but, um, but yeah, definitely that. So a lot of my roles are women in turmoil, you know, mothers in turmoil very specifically. So <laughs> I thought, you know what, I could get this. Um, but then, uh, then, then Ada came across my, <laughs> my lap and uh, um, actually I had gotten reached out. Uh, Zan reached out to me actually. Um, and, and he was like, you know, I, uh, we didn't know each other before this, but he reached out and he was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm casting indigenous. He, he saw that I was an indigenous actor and, um, he was like, you know, I'm casting uh, a production of, mm-hmm. and I need a lot of indigenous actors. You know, you mind if I let them know about you? And I was like, oh, do I mind if I, <laughs> if you, you know, cast me in something or at least <laughs> uh, entertain the idea of casting me in something? No, I do not mind. <laughs> um, so from then, um, I, I'm not sure if he had anything to do with it, but I had already gotten the auditions for all the, the three things that I had auditioned for, which were Bernadette and uh, I forgot what the mother's name was, but, uh, that does what plays and uh and oh, Ada was, and uh her name was once again it was Emma. Yeah. Emma. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Um and and from the those three I, I, I was really hoping I would book Ada because I was like, oh my God, Ada is such a great character. Like not anything I've ever played before. I've always wanted to play someone like a witch or someone sort of, yeah. you know, with And it's not crazy voodoo or something where you're just like, this is a bad, can't be horror movie. Yeah, like, no, no, like it's really well thought out. <laughs> well thought out, um, evil character, you know. It's so, cryptic, but in a good way, uh, as opposed to yeah, and she's still kind of from? a mother in turmoil, you know. She's still in my wheelhouse. <laughs> she's just you know creating her own turmoil kind she's of. She's going in the opposite <laughs> direction of this dark wind, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, she is the dark wind, really. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's what that was the really exciting part is that um the supernatural element of it was me. So when you think of dark wind dark wind is supposed to be um it's like the in in navajo folklore is mm-hmm. uh you know the darkness or the the sort of supernatural um wind that can come in and like create havoc in your life or give you bad luck or bad juju you know that kind of thing um so so really my character ada is, is the dark wind for <laughs> for this season so it's really exciting that i got to play her i was so excited i was like oh yay that's the one i really wanted um, so um and deswood did an amazing job as as um uh as the, the mother emma um no she's not emma emma's uh emma is um Oh, oh, you're talking about the... I'm talking about the mother of the girl who died. Of the... uh, Yeah, okay. That is... Is that Des... That's Desba. Yeah, Desba. Her character character is uh, Helen. Helen at City. At City, yes. Right. Um, Yeah, Helen at City. She was in Hostiles and a bunch of other movies, yeah. Yeah, so Desba, uh, who plays Helen, she did an amazing job. Definitely brought me to cheers. So really excited that she got to play that one. And I got to be Ada. So exciting. Totally. It's such a fun role, you know. As a '90s girl, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm aging myself now, but <laughs> um, I was really obsessed with uh, the craft, uh, so <laughs> so I was really excited to be able to play a, a witch in this. That's definitely. nice. I also like how they introduce like a missing family and you don't know if half the time, if 
you know, Eugene's character, Frank, is going to kill them or not, or if they're just being, you know, if they're going to go ahead with this ransom, you know, it's like, get mm-hmm. get this rich family who they, and, and again, they do it in a way where it's like, you, you're seeing something familiar, but it doesn't feel like, it's just so atypical the way it is shot, edited, unleashed, just like, this is going in a different direction. You know, it invites you to go in the uncanny direction it already is going in. Mm-hmm. and I, I applaud them for that because there's just so many other movies or shows I just lose track I was like and someone gets shot on five it's like it's not predictable to where you're just counting down the cliches you know <laughs> yeah yeah you, you don't know where the show is going to go it's, ambi- it's ambiguous enough to where you're just like okay the ambiguity yeah, and that's is... what happens when you get you know new writers uh mm-hmm. you give new writers a chance and you new groups of writers new types of writers <laughs> yeah <laughs> you just give you, you get a whole new you know group of stories so like mm-hmm. we have you know we've we're, we've all been starting to get kind of tired of the same old story you know yeah over and over and over and now now we're it's time to <laughs> get inject the writing room with some new ideas and new <laughs> mindsets definitely helps thousand percent all together i mean it is an easy bench there's no way anyone can't not get anything out of it. it's six episodes guys <laughs> Yeah, six, six episodes, and episodes. Um, you know they're all very well um, produced. And and the, Chris, uh, I think, directs the first two and the last two, mm-hmm. and the middle two are are directed by uh, Sandy Bookstaver, yep. uh, Sanford Bookstaver, and he's actually the director of the. I, I believe it just won some awards, or at least got nominated. Uh, um, of um, what is that show? I remember the name of it now. Um, uh, the with the serial killer. Oh, dude. the Dahmer. No, the um, the one who's like a good serial killer, <laughs> like he only kills oh, bad Dexter. guys. Dexter, yeah, okay. uh, the new Dexter series yeah. that just yeah. came out. Right, right. I I, I <clears> seen <throat> the other director. He had yeah, he was pretty much yeah. He had worked on all the Dick Wolf Chicago shows and then all of the newest Dexter. So yeah, he's yeah. He was really so. fun to work with he got the, he, he let me play a little bit more <laughs> chris was like very like you know play it down you know bring bring everything down bring everything down to uh you know minimal minimalize everything and uh sandy was very like yeah let, let me see that do a little bit more you know? <laughs> do a little bit bigger you know, do a little bit more with it so um uh, unfortunately in his two episodes i didn't really have much to do <laughs> i was just i think just doing my little witchcraft and uh at least popping didn't. out at jessica but, <laughs> but at least so none fun. of the episodes felt static like if no, we definitely. weren't looking at the credits we would never t- be able to tell the difference which is kind of what a lot of these producers look for uh kudos to devoted dan you know rain wilson's just been able to kind of just <laughs> yeah be in a lot of dramatic movies but play off color characters and here he's playing a guy where he's like one minute he's got the salesman pitch and then he's got the oh shit you know look on his face when he realizes he's in a scheme and it's so much fun just seeing just the various uh disguises these villains put on because mm-hmm. half the time you're seeing it and you're like oh no 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 <laughs> you're seeing a tragedy happen in slow motion you're like no 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 yeah. this is not yeah, good this is not this good coming in as opposed yeah, he, to other he, stuff i heard or... he was really fun I, I didn't get to meet him unfortunately but um but yeah he was very free with his um tidy whities i heard <laughs> he was not shy about that at all <laughs> oh god rain 
<laughs> oh, rain. Or so I heard. <laughs> what would we do without you? Um, uh, thoughts on the new Jim Chi, played by Kiowa Gordon. <laughs> Kiowa is such a great guy. Um, as I said, we we partied after the yeah, we we went go. and uh, we went and did um, was it karaoke with a whole group of us, and then we went and hung out after after the um, screening. He's so he's so much fun. Yeah, he's a he's a great. Like that kid. is uh, Reservation Dogs episode. I'm like I totally don't recognize yes. him. Oh my god, yeah. When I saw him on Reservation Dogs, I was like, oh my god, there's Kyla. Um, yeah, so he was great to work with. Also, He's come I didn't, I didn't... guys. Don't be distracted by the Twilight credits. He's been in everything <laughs> yeah, no, no. from the Red Rose. He's a very small role in Twilight. <laughs> there's no reason to even bring that up. <laughs> I know, fair enough. <laughs> let's, forget, let's forget all about that one. Um, no, um, <laughs> I only got to really see him that first, the first day I came in was because uh, it's the scene where I, where they opened, the, I opened the door and Bernadette is at my porch um in the first episode and um mm-hmm. and he's like coming around and looking um yeah I think Gene Gun is in hiding hand. in my back and and he's yeah. you know looking getting closer and closer and he's gonna open the door um <laughs> that that whole scene so he was there for that when I was they there and so that was the only time because like you, you just don't know you know what yeah what what's beholding is like they're both vulnerable which is what we need you know the, the last thing we need is just i'm here to save the day and some john wayne shit you know <laughs> yeah definitely we don't need that and like and we've, we've had plenty of that there's sure. too much of that bullshit and there's no more and yeah you know but bernadette you know uh just just knows how to play the she mainly i noticed uses her eyes while kiowa's gym he kind of mm. just like glances around and just kind of without necessarily even like angling his head just kind of just like he knows just kind of how to kind of look into the camera it's weird it's it, it, it's a visual thing but it's i i do applaud you know all that kind of backstory because there's a reason for it you know and sometimes it works sometimes you can't see it but there's a reason they're doing that with their character backstory yeah and i you know you you did a lot of good with i mean obviously you had a lot of the shadows to play around with but you were especially yeah. like just when you're just like peeking through the the door when they're you know asking you some yeah. questions it's it's great there because it's <laughs> like uh does she just not trust Lee porn and you know that was fun to see you play off of zon he's like i'm not buying anything anyone's selling <laughs> yeah when i auditioned actually i auditioned with that scene where i opened the door and um you can see my audition on uh on my instagram if you, if you go uh, amelia.rico.films <laughs> um on instagram you'll it's see um, I do <laughs> you'll see and, and I, don't, I don't say it's this is my audition for dark wind so you'll just have to kind of like look through my stuff and be like ah i bet you it's that one and i'm sure you'll you'll notice it but um <laughs> i did a much darker um like a much more like dramatic dark you know which um feeling to her when i first auditioned for her so yeah so chris was like really trying to bring me down to like okay you're just like a regular person you know we're not supposed to know you're a witch yet. <laughs> oh, and i was like oh well i don't know you i thought we were supposed to know it was a witch but um but he didn't want to give it away too much at the very beginning so then we so we had to really bring down my performance but <laughs> if you look on my instagram you'll see how i originally envisioned that scene going uh, you'll see just a little glimpse of it in one of my other 
um, that's awesome. My, one of my videos, so that's kind of a little uh, behind little, the scenes. A little fun. bit of a tease. <laughs> um, but but yeah, uh, uh, that was really fun. And Kiowa, yeah, does a great job with you know kind of giving that minimal kind of. He he does that scene where where he's talking with the um, with the what is he the guy who's like testing. Um, oh yes. And that the scientist dude, dude that goes in an uncanny direction as well. Or he's like, whoa, whoa, what, what's he doing with that lab equipment? What's it really for? You know? Yeah, he, he does that great I scene think it's where Pete. is it Pete Samuels? Is it Pete? No, not Rob Pete Capri. Samuels. The one where he um where he's with the scientist guy in the like lab. I'm trying to think, and he's so, he's pretending to be uh well not that he's pretending he's the he's the FBI at this point he's coming in as an FBI agent he's trying to get information on like. Um, oh, some kind of samples. Uh, no, it's Widover. not Whitover. It's like one of the okay. scientists guys. He's like, he was like a one day character, um, and uh, he's I like a just... not not a, wait, like a scientist person that like a CSI kind of person that does. Yeah, like, no, I I know what you mean. Up. It's a, it's in the morgue. I'm just trying to remember. Yeah, what yeah it looks in the like. morgue, and, and he uh, and he and he's. I think that's when they first discover like, oh, she died of uh you know being scared <laughs> it's like she the girl the, they're trying to figure out how the young girl died and it's like she died of of fear like like she there was nothing wrong with her physically she just died it's like she died of you know being yeah, scared and he's like, like you what do you do mean that? she who died would be able no, to do that? Yeah. my leg what's going yeah, on it's here like, <laughs> who could who could possibly do that and then you kind of cut to me you know <laughs> i don't they don't cut to me but i mean it's it's just theoretically cut to me and see that uh the witch the witch could do that definitely <laughs> kill you out of fear <laughs> right that, that, that was a really great scene i think with him because yeah, um, he just sort of gives me. this kind of look like who you know who would do that <laughs> why would you do that it, it almost uh, the way that shot almost does kind of remind me of like the tv show homicide life on the street that yeah. baltimore show with andre bragner mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it wasn't a CSI moment where we were like, we well, got a crowd so No, it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't, wasn't like, like a one-liner or nothing. It was just... <laughs> Making inappropriate it, it... jokes in the lab. No, none of that. <laughs> no. no, it wasn't one of those, you know, like, CSI. Like, Can't be like, dumb. No, it wasn't. do that? You know, no, it wasn't. It wasn't, I, it really wasn't overdone. It was just very like, no, you know, he's was, kind of looking at the science of it all and trying to figure it out. And it's, every it's shot is so well gentle. played. Yeah. <laughs> Even when a shot isn't by both actors, yeah. yeah. Even the the <laughs> the other actor who who played the uh, the scientist. I'm sorry. I <laughs> wish we remembered his name, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not... sorry. I don't remember your name. Um, yeah, he was. There was also I'm trying to remember who B.J. Vines was. That was John Dial from Miami Vice. He was in there for two episodes. Mm-hmm. Kind of a another questionable figure. B.J. Vines. Yeah, that was another character. I'm trying to remember it was like the fourth and fifth episode i think he was one of the guys working with the car dealership i think mm. if i'm remembering right but i mean I'm trying to remember that's just it everyone's got just so many shades to, to them I, it's really i just cannot words cannot express how this is well done and it's you know kudos to you guys from just you know taking it off the paper you know because i see so many other people who just act like oh the script's a template i'm like yeah but you really got to know the material really well you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. You you don't have to have read the book or anything, but um even the motel wasn't shot in a typical way that you know you typically see a sleazy, you know, piss poor motel in a dark side of town often shown. You know, when it's shown, we're we we don't have any other frame of reference. We're not thinking, oh, it's a seven type mystery. Oh, it's a you know criminal yeah, minds episode. Yeah, from the beginning, the first that first scene, you really and not not looked. a knock on those. I'm just I'm just explaining to people this is like it's not there's no other frame of reference you're just like going in you're like you know instantly what's happening you're like where is this going yeah it really puts you in that first scene <laughs> because yeah it starts off with the murder and and uh you know Zahn coming in and he has those he puts those black um ash marks on his face and you're you know they don't explain it you know they don't explain it at all they don't go oh the blind woman i have to put these black ash marks because you know we i don't want to be touched by evil or you know whatever you just kind of take it as it is and that's the great thing about having an indigenous writer's room for this production because how this works and you instantly understand it (laughs) it's just something that's just put out there for you and not explain to you at all so you can just you, you know you you just take it as it is so uh you know you're, you're not having you're not having to be held by your hand and like oh, explained you know every every little thing that they do like the the um ceremony they do for the little girl um mm-hmm. you know they don't explain everything that happens and why they do everything or why they do this or that or why they're you know crushing the corn or, um you know they just do it and it's just something that that you get to see and kind of be a part of and and watch and and you know you just get to enjoy it you're not having to you know it doesn't really have to be explained to you you know if you get it you get it yeah. if you don't you know just watch it it's still great tv you know it's not it's not like it's not something that's going to throw you off or like take you out of the story exactly. it just kind of adds to the flavor of it all it really is. It's all interconnected. And like you said, it doesn't throw you off such a balance to where you're like, I'm lost. And at the same time, it doesn't, you know, regardless of your familiarity with the culture and everything, you're still, you're, you're drawn into it and you're just like, okay, that checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, and if you're curious and you can Google it, you know, Google's free. <laughs> right. You lose nothing. Is on, on... But <laughs> black ash on his face <laughs> it is amazing how people would just deny themselves information it's like you scroll with your brain a little bit you'll yeah just enjoy the show while it's on and if you have any questions you can always look it up online <laughs> asking for a friend yeah sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just ask because you want to know <laughs> yeah well this has been dynamite having you on here because yes. again it's just always just neat just getting all these perspectives and let alone you know one way or another, when I'm watching this, I was like, yeah, I'm going to review this. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else can keep talking about, you know, what controversial superhero movie came out, and that, that's <laughs> good on you. I want to actually talk about this compelling original mystery. Yeah, it's it's amazing the, um, you know, the, the amount of fans it has received and, and reviews, and people have really enjoyed it. It kind of was a sleeper hit for AMC um, during the summer. You know, you never, you didn't really think I don't think they really thought much <clears throat> would come of it because, you know, it was really kind of low budget um, when it comes yeah. to this, these kind of productions. Like, I mean, they came of, from an indie background. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't give them much money. Um, they didn't give them much time. Uh, like my house that they built, you know, 
uh, they say usually for for big epic kind of like dramas like this, they should have a certain amount of time. Like they should have like you know a good six months of pre-production oh, yeah. and all that to get all this <laughs> stuff done but they didn't have any of that time like they got that house built in like i don't know i don't even know like a couple of weeks or something <laughs> like they a lot of the stuff was really done very quickly and um they they didn't have a lot of time they didn't have a whole lot of money um and you know and i think it, they still did an amazing job with it despite and um, and we're able to get quite a few you know fans out of it and and i think amc was very happy with with the end product as well as with the you know the 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 way that the the fans reacted to it and everything so luckily we you know we we're able to get a season two mm-hmm. i mean i say we just in the general we who knows if i'm going to be in it i honestly do not know so <laughs> i can't i can't reveal uh, even if i wanted to but um but we'll see what what comes what comes of season two of Dark Winds? <laughs> Absolutely, I'm. I can't wait. It. <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, you know, season two will be just around the corner. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good way to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Month. Yes, and uh, and culture in general, you know, is it. But aside from that gimmick, it is also just. And I don't want to call it a gimmick, it, but aside from that uh extra plus mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's just cool to see just again just all this capable quality just you know be unleashed on screen and again you know just give an invite for new kind of storytelling as opposed to just yeah. let's you know this wasn't hey let's do dances with wolves you know in the desert you know it wasn't yeah. anything like that yeah, definitely. And, and, and no, it was not, um, you know, put together, like, uh, a lot of the times, you know, you get tokenism, or you get, you know, kind of these, these gimmick shows that's like, oh, you know, we're just going to kind of throw one out at you. Um, it was not treated like that at all. It was definitely um, treated with care and, and elevated from its original mm-hmm. source, I think, and definitely, you know, um, authenticated and, um and all that so uh, i'm i'm so happy to be been a part of even season one um and uh and to have been the dark wind of of the you're at the basically the biggest stage in your career right now so let's hope when you get to your fifth stage you know you can have another (laughs) cool role like this yeah definitely uh any so you know uh any other similar shows like this that you think people should check out like you know there's plenty of shows um, jason momoa has been in like the red road blackstone was another one that was on like canadian tv uh jessica was on another show called tribal which was like oh, canadian yeah. corruption canadian so, i think that's how yeah, she there, got there's this one. a lot of things coming up <laughs> obviously um, anyone who's seen longmire that's <laughs> and anything's on yeah justified's kind of similar although there unfortunately are no native american yeah. bandits actually there's <clears> but he's a rapist so that's not a good Display. yeah yellowstone anyway. yeah, yeah um, yellowstone, 1920, yes. 1923 is coming up and there'll be uh, a fair amount of indigenous um actors and, and okay, storylines with that one so um i don't know when when this is airing if this will be after 
December. Yeah, it'll be after, but that's close enough. It's uh, either way, you <laughs> so know. So check out 1923. People then. <laughs> still gonna be catching it up on next year. <laughs> yeah. There'll be um the yeah the I'm sure everyone will have seen by now. <laughs> then um all of that and uh, what else? Uh, what else is out there? Oh, there's just been so much stuff. I'm so excited for the future, honestly. Um, because there I have already read of all these projects that Sterling has is um you know putting his hat into and erica tremblay is doing and writers um, the show for all those these who yeah all these attention. other writers and <laughs> and um showrunners of of these amazing shows that Just they're gonna get they're them their next five and, gigs yeah, there, there, um, there's some amazing stuff coming up. I think um, just from if you read any of the, you know, like Indie Wire or any of the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the trades. Um, Maybe they can get involved see. with something like Wind River Two or something like that, which I just saw was yeah. announced and was like, whoa. That yeah, was they just announced it. Yeah, <laughs> Taylor Sheridan has been like on a tear, um, doing all kinds of. He pretty uh, much things. wants to bring westerns back, but he doesn't <laughs> want to even. He wants something for everybody. He doesn't want just hey, here's your dad's, you know, Charlton Heston, Charlie Bronson. Ones. Yeah, and, he, and he's really putting some truth into Neo it, Western. I think. I think that's um, what he did. As far he was as an uh, actor before mm-hmm. he became a director, writer, producer. Yeah, just like me, you know. <laughs> it's, just, it's a, it's the issue. You know how he's like, affording you know, all this? Parts aren't. He, he's a realtor. He oh, buys all yeah. Private he... property, sells it, and whatever. There you go. That, that you know, whatever. <laughs> Whatever you have to do to get everyone get else does the whole well, whatever the studio gives me is like no he he doesn't want to wait for permission I think that's that's his goal he wants to make a yeah he, he bought the, he actually bought the three sixes or was the four sixes is that what it's called something like that the four yeah sixes, the the actual ranch a so that he could film there and so now it's like his big studio mm-hmm. um so yeah he's he's <laughs> all over the, he's got his hands in a whole lot of pots right now and I'm oh, really yeah. excited to see um all the things he comes up with because he is really like out there to tell the stories like the the real stories of western and he doesn't want to just tell a typical kind of crime story he doesn't want to even just go into soapy he wants to just kind of just show like you say a hidden truth of someone who might otherwise be a colorful or otherwise pretty despicable person he wants tough to talk about material so yeah definitely he's he's the one that's putting you know he's doing a lot of a lot of the deep down work um mm-hmm. i think to tell the indigenous stories that are real you know um Holy. but but yeah there's a you know there's a lot of stuff coming up so i'm excited for for more and more Absolutely. opportunity to, for me to tell the stories but also for you guys to to be able to see new stories that have not been seen and, and new perspectives that haven't been absolutely seen. And no one can see it right now, but it looks like Amelia is trying out for like a new flow progressive ad oh, yeah. with your new headset. You got a little, <laughs> a little headset. You, yeah. might, you, might, you might do a commercial parody. <laughs> I'm indigenous flow. Yeah. This is your caller speaking. Yeah. <laughs> well, glad you could join the parade and yeah. glad we had fun just summing up the sleeper. <laughs> sleeper hit of the summer i'm so uh, last yep. summer <laughs> screw it i'll take it back i'll go and rewatch it now right. yeah we're gonna rewatch it right now <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing else good <laughs> until the other good stuff actually comes out <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> all righty well dynamite and you have a blessed day <laughs> awesome bye bye
Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up review show.